Views and opinions expressed are those of the host and guest. Any content provided by our host or guest are of their opinion and do not intend to harm any religions, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Good evening, everyone, on this, I would say, wonderful November 5th evening. I'm Nicole Strickland, and welcome again to another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond on the WLTKDB.com network. I know that's a little hard to remember, so there is another URL that actually forwards to the same site. So that is the, or the, I did this last week, I know, the or the, let's go with the, the let's talk.com. And that will take you to the WLTKDB station. And guess what? When you go on the website, there's a live player right there that you can listen to. Okay. But Todd, master radio guru, implemented a player right there in the chat room as well. So you can be doing other things while listening to the shows. And I think that is like uber cool. Okay. So tonight I'm going to have guest William Brower on. He's a good friend of mine. He's also a noted RMS Titanic historian. He's an author of, oh my goodness, I want to say like around 30 books. I have some catching up to do, folks. Okay. I've only written what, seven or eight books now? I have some catching up to do. Okay, I'm just kidding. So yeah, he's written several books. And he's also a paranormal investigator and researcher. So tonight, um, he's going to be on in a couple of minutes. He's had a couple of delays, but that's okay. Right? It just gives me some time to ramble on, if you will. So what can I talk about right now? You know what? People are probably saying she's going to mention the election. And you know what? That's actually what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what's going on, folks. I really don't know. But you know what? I'm not so surprised. I actually shared on my Facebook because I have to have some humor. Okay? Life can't always be serious. Right? So... On my Facebook page, my main Facebook page, at Nicole D. Strickland, I shared a photo. Now, my mom's friend, who is a school counselor, shared this with her. She showed it to me. 
And so I, I was like, you know what? Oh my gosh, I have to share that. And it's a little picture, you know, like an elementary uh, school printout of the United States of America. And it's all scribbled in all kinds of different colors. And it says, this is what we know so far. So go over to <laughs> go over to my Facebook and take a look at it. I think it's funny, right? I, you know, you have to have some humor. But I don't know, this whole election was the most stressful one for me. And it's still going on. We still don't know what the results are, folks, right? We don't. I don't know what's going on. But I was the other night watching the percentages of reporting very closely. I mean, I it was like looking at a pot of boiling water for what, three, four hours. And then I was watching the percentages of what candidate was in the lead, right? And there were states, you know, Biden was ahead, then Trump started to catch up. He won Florida, he won Texas, I think Iowa, Ohio at that time. And then all of a sudden, the reporting stopped. I don't know if it was a mail-in ballot issue or what, but I don't know what's going on, folks, but I kind of smell a rat. I do. I kind of smell a decomposing rat. So hopefully they will get all their eggs in the basket, ducks in a row, and figure out what's going on. Okay? Enough about that because I know it's a very stressful subject. And another thing, too, with this whole election, I think you don't necessarily have to be intuitive or a psychic medium to sense the stress and to sense the the tense atmosphere going on. Oh, it's thick, folks. It's very thick. I know at least it is in Southern California. I'm in San Diego, California. So it is very, very thick. But you know what? It's a reminder to love yourself, to stay positive, right? Be kind to one another, pay it forward. You know, put yourself in an, in, in another person's shoes and know that, you know, someone may be just as stressed as you are. So just be gentle with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Right? And we will just have to be patient together as a country, I should say, and wait for the results. Okay. Anyways, enough about that. So like I said, William Brower is going to be coming on now, Todd and I interviewed William, oh, I want to say it was back in September, and he was sharing a lot of great historical tidbits uh, from the RMS Titanic. I mean, he's actually even talked to uh, surviving uh, passengers, obviously, who, who are no longer with us now, but he had the opportunity to talk with several uh, sur- surviving uh, passengers And so he's done a lot, a lot of research into the Titanic. And that kind of mirrors my research with the RMS Queen Mary. So tonight, uh, when he comes on, uh, we're going to talk a lot about some of his own experiences with uh, the afterlife in the spirit domain and, and the paranormal. I know with my upcoming book, The Afterlife Chronicles, exploring the connection between life, death, and beyond. He shared a very profound experience. I'm not sure if that's what he would like to share tonight. That's up to him. And then, of course, maybe we will get into some 
Titanic ghost stories. So since this is kind of a, a ship sort of theme tonight, and I know that I've mentioned the Queen Mary on so many other shows that I've been on, but I thought that while we're waiting for William to join us, I would talk a little bit more about my background with the RMS Queen Mary and the research that I've done on the ship. Now, for listeners that are tuning in, you know, they've most likely, if they've heard me on other shows, this is going to be a repeat for them. And that's fine. Uh, but for those that haven't heard, I thought I would take the opportunity while we're waiting for William to join us to talk about the Queen Mary. So it's interesting because back in, I want to say I was in college. I went to the University of Arizona for my undergraduate uh, degree. I had a, I got my BA in media arts and my minor in journalism. And then I pursued my master's in school counseling here at National University in, in San Diego, California. So while I was uh, in at the University of Arizona, I should say, my mom used to do ballroom dancing. And so she had the opportunity to go to the Queen Mary with one of her dance partners. And I believe they danced in the, uh, oh my gosh, uh, I forget. It was one of the main, uh, I want to say it was either the Queen Salon. Uh, I, I believe it may have been that. That was actually the first uh, or cabin slash first class lounge there aboard the ship back when it was an ocean liner. Uh and so she danced there and had a great time. And so I had never heard of the Queen Mary. And this was, I want to say, the year two, I want to say 2000, the year 2000, right about there. And so I had never heard of the Queen Mary before at that time. And then being that spring break hit, I came out here for a uh, week-long vacation, if you will, with my uh, friend who also attended the University of Arizona. And we decided to take one of those three-day cruises to, uh, let's see, what, not Cabo San Lucas. It was a day at sea, uh, Catalina, and then obviously we stopped in Ensenada, Mexico. And so it was a really fun three-day cruise. And of course, there's the Carnival Cruise Port right next to the Queen Mary for those that have been. And uh, people can just go there if they want to take a nice little vacation. And you have the option of seeing the Queen Mary so either before you embark on your cruise or maybe when you're done, you can stop and visit the ship and, and walk around, maybe have some lunch or dinner, look in the shops, maybe take some tours. So I first saw the Queen Mary later on in that same year, 2000, in the back seat of a car on the way to catching our, our three-day carnival cruise. And I remember looking out like a little kid in a candy store, and I was mesmerized. I had never seen a ship, an old ship like that before. And I was absolutely mesmerized with this. And I remember saying to myself, Nicole, you're going to come back here one day. And so another five years passed. And in 2005, I made a trip up to Long Beach, California, where the Queen Mary is. And I parked my car. I walked up uh, to, to get closer to the ship. I, I got in the elevator, went up to A deck. That's one of the hotel decks. The hotel spans 
going from top to bottom, M deck, A deck, and B deck. But the hotel check-in area is on A deck. And so that's the uh, deck that I got off on. And when I stepped foot on the ship, meaning getting off the gangway, actually on the ship, something very, I don't know if I would call it mystical. I don't know if I would necessarily call it uncanny. Something very beautiful and very spiritual happened. I felt immediately connected to the ship. And I do believe, and I've said this before, I do believe that the Queen Mary, it's known as one of the top 10 most haunted spots in the world. It's a mecca for paranormal researchers. It's a historical icon. It's an art deco gem. The list goes on. I feel that it's alive. I feel that it can think. I feel that it has thoughts. I feel that it can have emotions. I feel that it can communicate with the people that step aboard. In the past, it would have been her former crew. It would have been her passengers. It would have been her World War II uh, servicemen that sailed on board. And it would have been her war brides and, of course, the children. Now, being that she's in retirement and moored in Long Beach, it's now the many, I should say millions, of visitors that come aboard to see this ship every year. And I do think that, like I said, the ship is very much alive. And it's almost that she is one big gigantic spirit in and of herself. And that could be one of the reasons why the afterlife and the spirit realm is so attracted to this ship. For some reason, I kind of equate it to like cities have and towns have welcome centers where you stop in and you get to learn a lot about uh, where you're going and, and the interesting places of that city or town. You get brochures, you get to talk to people. I feel that the Queen Mary is one big gigantic welcome center for the spirit realm. There are numerous, numerous resident energies there that uh, most likely choose to be there for whatever reason. Some may still be earthbound. And then there's those that may pass on through the ship. They may stay for a while and then they may leave. They may come back. But whatever it is, there's something extremely magnetic and extremely beautiful about the Queen Mary. Since the dawning of her days, So her design concept actually began in 1926 at a time when different countries were competing to have, uh, you know, great ships sailing the seas, right? She was launched in 1934, September 26, 1934, and then her maiden voyage was in uh, May 27, 1936, and of course was a, an ocean liner on the North Atlantic route, sailed uh, Southampton, Cherbourg, New York City, and back. That was her route. And then, like I said, was a troop ship during World War II, and then after that resumed her luxurious ocean liner days, if you will, before retirement. So her history alone is probably one of the main reasons why there's so much spiritual activity there, but I think there's so many other reasons, and I think a lot of those uh, Uh, We can't explain. So anyways, 
I think William is about ready to come on. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to, we're going to take a quick break for a couple of minutes. And then when we come back, we'll go ahead and bring William in and have a great discussion with him. You are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond on the Let's Talk.com network. Stay tuned, folks. WLTK DB Let's Talk Alternative Talk Radio WLTKDB.com Maggie Reiki is a full-service Reiki therapy center offering both in-person and distance Reiki sessions. Reiki is a gentle healing energy that can assist in clearing, repairing, and maintaining energy that is vital for optimal health. Reiki can also assist with anxiety, depression, and even addiction. You can schedule a Reiki session by visiting our website, www.mackeyreiki.com. That's www.m-a-c-k-e-y-r-e-i-k-i.com. Going on vacation can be an overwhelming task. Let's face it, you want the best destinations at the cheapest prices, but where you... Your skills are impeccable, your authorship is impeccable, and your knowledge about the Titanic is just so commendable. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, definitely my pleasure. It's always wonderful to be here with you tonight. Yeah, I know. I was I was mentioning earlier that Todd and I interviewed you uh, back in September, and we had such a great discussion. So... Uh, I guess it's kind of an open discussion tonight, whatever you'd like to uh, talk about. I guess I can start off. I mean, this is such a generic question. I mean, a lot of, you know, hosts ask this, but I think it's kind of important. So I'm going to ask it. What, I guess, got you into the field as a paranormal researcher, but what also got you in the field of of authorship and uh, Titanic research? Wow. So, so like, oh, it's like, it's like a three in one there. Right. Can I, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. We, 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 we've nailed the triple Lindy right out of the bat. That's good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> well, uh, well, let's see. Authorship wise, um, a very, very funny story. Basically, um, when I was in uh, sixth grade, um, my uh, my school actually was having a Halloween short story contest. Ooh! As luck would have it, it was just, you know, I'll, I'll admit I was I was an opportunist because uh, the grand prize was a um, all expenses pizza dinner and free movie passes. And Ooh. you know, for that particular month, I was waiting because Hellraiser was coming to theaters. And I oh my read gosh! The book yes. At that point. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. <laughs> you know, so it's like, well, I can't afford dinner and a movie, but, you know, okay, I'll, I'll take a crack at it. And so I wrote this uh, short story, and it was basically about a haunting at Gettysburg. And it oh, was, my goodness. Uh, all first-person uh, perspective of a uh, new guy working at the National Park Service watches a full residual haunting of the battle and questions his own sanity to the boss by the end of the story. Oh my gosh. And that sounds captivating. Well, I, 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 I was definitely kind of pleased with it. I'll admit that much. <laughs> but, um, but the thing that was funny though, was that I got the uh, announcement to come see the principal 
after I had submitted it. And, <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, so I'm just like, this is usually not a good sign. I know, it could go either <laughs> way, right? I mean, I'm remembering my days. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. It could go either <laughs> either way <Exactly>. there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so, I, so I went in there and you know, the principal was like, I need to first of all ask you one question. I'm like, what's that? He goes, how did you come up with this? <laughs> oh my god! You know, like, well, which which part exactly are we talking about with the uh, this part? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Can you yeah. elaborate a little bit more, please? <laughs> oh yeah, so, so, you know, is, is this the phone call to the uh, crazy house, or is this the congratulations message? <laughs> exactly. And you know, when he was like, well. You know, let, let just humor me on that, and just what 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 drove you to write this? I'm like, well, two things: one, free pass for the movies and dinner at the pizza place. He's like, okay, well, that's a good answer. Um, here's where the problem comes into play. Uh, this is too detailed for for publication. We can't share this with the rest of the school. <laughs> of course, right? I mean, geez. So I'm just like, oh. Okay, so what would you like to do? He goes, well, I'm going to put your name up in the trophy cabinet. You, you've you won the grand prize, but um, th- th- this is too graphic to really share. So I'm just going to say congratulations. Here's your prize. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> A secret congratulations. Like, that's like two words that you don't see together too often. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's weird, though. I mean, I... I'm I'm a nonfiction writer, so I really haven't dabbled into fictional writing. To me, that's a lot more difficult than nonfiction. Yeah, it's I just... mean, it, it can go either way. Um, you know, one thing that I I do with almost all of my books uh, is I always incorporate elements of uh, history or mythology into it, regardless. So even if yeah. it's fiction, there's still going to be a lesson learned somewhere within one of those chapters. That's important, I think, and, and to keep the audience engaged, too. Yeah, I mean, I know if I ever, I have some ideas for for novels and fictional short stories, but it, to me, it's like expanding on those characters. That's where I get stuck. It takes a little practice, but, yeah. uh, you know. Maybe I don't have the right brain for it. Who knows? But Well, I, I, have, I have a number of your books in my collection, so I'll tell you this much. You, since you know how to write, you can do it. <laughs> I have faith in oh, that, you. That is a compliment coming from you. My goodness. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of blushing. Gettysburg, too. That's a place I haven't been to. I know so many researchers that have gone there that, like I was saying earlier, like how the Queen Mary is such a mecca for paranormal researchers. That is, too, as well. Oh, yeah. Have you had, uh, have you had, that's kind of a stupid question. What are some of your most profound encounters there on the battlefield? Or even like in some of the buildings, like adjacent to the battlefield. Well, uh, for starters, uh, I, I, unfortunately, when I went to the battlefield itself, um, I, I didn't have too much luck in the way of the paranormal. But I was, uh, you know, kind of fortunate. It was kind of the old double-edged sword, you know, because right. uh, you know how you know any, anybody in the field tells you it's always hit and miss and always depends yes. on everything. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I get that. You know, but uh, so while I didn't see anything, you know, hear or even uh, feel anything at all, um, I I was very fortunate enough to actually, uh, you know, 
recreate my uh, my ancestors' uh, steps. I had oh, an ancestor that wow. at the battle, and so uh, you know it was interesting to be able to just kind of look around and see what he would have seen at, at that point in time, and you know that kind of resonated down down the road, especially when I you know had the opportunity to do the writing contest. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I bet giving you a little bit of uh, some goosebumps and even some maybe tears as well. I know for me, if I had to retrace my one of my relative steps, I would have that would get me hard right there in the heart. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Titanic wise now, you've been all over the map in terms of research. Can you share with some listeners like the types of uh, historical research you've done with the ship? Sure. Um, you know, basically what I've been able to do is uh, I've actually had the opportunity of walking a few descendants and uh, helping them retrace their uh, relatives' uh, footsteps oh, throughout the course of the voyage, for starters, which is... Uh, which has always been a, a a mixed point, and you know, because unfortunately, in a lot of cases, um, you know, we have the uh, case of the occasional misconception or uh, things along those lines. And so, you know, sorry, that was I had to kick my cat out of the. Uh, oh no, I understand. My cat Kaylee. I'm surprised she hasn't meowed yet. She's on the bed sleeping, but oh, she makes her voice heard many nights. So it's all good. Sure. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, ba- basically, um, you know, yeah, for the most part, I've I've been able to help with uh, some of the descendants in that sense. Uh, one of my personal favorite items, uh, and that I'm still very humbled about, and I I do brag about it often, is um, I actually had my first uh, film credit helping a young filmmaker who oh, was wow. uh, putting together his own Titanic film, and at the time I was actually putting together my uh, exhibition and when I saw the video on YouTube, I thought it was actually a full professional uh, theatrical set, Mm -hmm. you know, studio backing everything else. So, you know, when I wrote to the gentleman, I gave him a full professional, you know, 100% letter and go right down to congratulations to your film and crew and everything else to that effect. So, Lo and behold, it was only one person, and when he got to the sinking aspects of it, he actually flooded his parents' basement. Oh, my goodness. So I was like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. That is genius. I mean, talk about working with no budget but pulling it off. (laughs) You got to admit, that is a little on the creative side, I must say. It is, you know, and, and you really wouldn't be able to notice, and you know, unless you kind of, you know, paused at the right time, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know, you know, with the Queen Mary, I mean, I think ships in general, I mean, being that, you know, there's a lot of history involved, and then, of course, there's the whole water aspect, and the people that are on board, so I know, I mean, there's many theories as to why the Queen Mary is noted as such a paranormal active spot. In your research, have you come across any any uh, ghost stories from the Titanic at all that you have actually heard of, but can also verify? I can't. Um, I can't verify too many of them because the majority are over in England, right? And right. I've I've yet to get across the puddle. 
but um, <laughs> it's, on, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> yes, of course. But uh, believe it or not, um, I've heard from a few people that uh, the uh, Titanic Museum in Belfast that opened at the shipyard uh, is alleged to be haunted. Interesting. And, and you know, there's there's actually um, you know, I, um, it was even brought up a second time on a an alternate YouTube channel where uh, there was a woman who was uh, who would become overcome emotionally listening to the distress calls. And she had apparently had somebody put a hand on her shoulder and tell her it's okay. Oh, obviously, you know, a disembodied sort of sort of hand there. Oh, see, here's my cat right here, right (laughs) on time. Hi, Kaylee. All right. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, You know, I've heard to the the museum uh, at the Luxor in Las Vegas as well. I've heard some experiences from there. People have gone in and have, have seen, uh, uh, shadow figures, apparitional sightings, cold spots, uh, disembodied voices, that sort of thing. I actually had an experience on board the Queen Mary a couple years ago when there was a Titanic exhibit there on the ship. And it was weird because there was a picture of um, William Wallace Hartley. I think it's Wallace, isn't it? William Hartley. I think it's William Wallace Hartley, the musician. Yeah, there. W- Wallace. And it was uh, a picture into. Yeah. I was like, does that sound right? I believe that's it. Yeah. And so there was a, a huge picture of him. And then there was, I think, some music on display there. And uh, I actually had my recorder running. I don't know why I did. I just had it going. And it was myself and a couple of other people in the museum at the time. And I openly spoke to William Wallace Hartley and I said, you know, I hope you're at peace. Thank you for, for doing what you, you know, and your, your crew did the last few minutes of the sinking thing. So I was commending him for his, for his heroism and his, you know, courage. And then when I went back and reviewed my audio, I didn't hear this at the time, but it was captured on my audio. So it would have been a potential EVP. I heard someone shout very loudly Hartley and I it was so loud that I I if it was a human being I would have heard that because there was only myself and like two other people in there and when I was asking the question of him I was like almost being very very quiet so no one really heard me telling him not asking him a question but telling him you know thank you for for what you did and that sort of thing so that was that was something that was really interesting to me. Um, any stories, I guess, from that you've heard of, I guess, down the line from like when the ship was still sailing. So obviously prior to the, the collision and prior to the sinking, any sorts of paranormal encounters? Um, the, the like closest, uh, probably the closest paranormal wise would be uh, Eva Hart. And I know, um, yeah, for, for those who are, who, you have, weren't uh, around for uh, September. Um, Eva Hart was a uh, seven-year-old girl when she was traveling with her family, and uh, her mother had a uh, premonition about the entire uh, trip, and openly swore for uh, you know prior to the uh, voyage that uh, you know to call the ship unsinkable was to fly in the face of God. Right. And for I've the entire duration. You know, and so for the, the entire duration of the uh, sinking, you know, 
the foliage before the sinking and everything else. Uh, she never uh, slept at night. She had, she forced herself to stay awake, you know, every night and then sleep all day. So, you know, when it so finally came to the night, yeah. So when it came to Go the ahead. night of the sinking, um, you know, Eva had asked about her mother on this one uh, many years later. And, you know, she said, I didn't have to say I knew what it was because I knew. I already knew. So a little almost like precognition there. I've heard that with other passengers, too. There were a couple of others that I read that just had that sense of impending doom. I guess something, you know, negative, something bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I just I find that so interesting. And I'm wondering if it if a lot of other people that felt that way and it just wasn't reported that, well, that wouldn't surprise me i mean you know probably the one of the more interesting ones which again kind of follows it goes into two different levels both on premonition and paranormal side is uh wt steed um does the name ring a bell to you Pardon a little the, bit uh, but i i've heard the name but i for those that um, haven't heard or those that don't know What's the background on that? Um, William Steed was actually one of the forerunners of doing investigative journalism for the early 20th century. And when he wasn't covering anything of uh, prolific current events, Mm -hmm. he also was very active as a uh, member of the uh, Society for Psychic Research. Ah, okay. And if he wasn't doing anything paranormal, he would occasionally throw the occasional uh, flash fiction piece to some of the magazines at the time. Oh, okay. I kind of see where you're going here. Mm-hmm. So including one about a uh, ship sinking from uh, striking an iceberg and not having enough lifeboats. And you know, in this case, unlike the uh, infamous one of futility from Morgan Robertson, uh, Steed actually took it into almost like a semi-moral story and, you know, ends it with the effect of like, you know, this could happen if we aren't, you know, if we be careful and mind our own negligence and our own shortfall. Right. You know, now, of course, uh, we fast forward to the voyage. Uh, Steed actually, uh, prior to coming into Southampton, was warned by a uh, psychic not to travel by a seat. But interesting. You know, but he was given the opportunity, if he inclined to, to come to the states and uh, do a, a full presentation about the survivability of spirit. So he took him up on the offer, and unfortunately uh, went down with the ship. Oh wow! You know, it's it makes me think of of uh, the Queen Mary and and the Queen Mary and the Titanic are, are two ships that are often compared to each other the docents and the tour guides on the queen mary i mean there's not a day but there's probably not an hour that goes by where the titanic isn't mentioned on board the queen mary so i think there's that connection and i kind of feel that the queen mary almost lives on for a lot of the ships that didn't make it now i've studied a lot of the pictures of of what the crew wore on the titanic and and some of that the clothing of that era. And I have seen some interesting apparitional figures on board the Queen Mary that strongly look as if they're wearing the same exact uh, crew attire that the 
Titanic wore. I mean, of course, it'd be similar to what Queen Mary crew wore, but you know, I, those, I guess, those uh, differences. And so it's been said that, I mean, even from other people, that uh, because the Queen Mary sailed past the exact spot of the Titanic sinking on its maiden voyage and and held a commemorative ceremony, that that may have been the tap-in point for some of the the uh, spirits from the Titanic to come on board. What, I mean, what what is your thought about that? Would you agree to that, or, or do you have any other thoughts or opinions on that? That part actually would not surprise me too much, because, um, I mean, from my end, I have, um, I'm, I'm roughly 40 minutes outside of Miami, and so for for the ghost stories and stuff like that, we have, uh, you know, for, for our region, it's the infamous uh, Ghosts of Flight 401. Oh, the, uh, yes, East. yes. You know, have you so, had... and. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. Jeez. No problem. So, it's one now, of those uh, nights. My, uh, hey, it happens, you know. <laughs> I swear there's like two wires or more than two that aren't connecting in my brain right now. Anyways, all right, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. No problem. So, uh, well, um, my dad actually used to uh, work at Eastern at the time. And so uh, I, w- I was able to hear that parts of 401 were salvaged and used in other uh, aircraft. Oh, yeah. So, that wouldn't surprise me. Actually, yes, obviously, that also brought some uh, leftovers, shall we say, including the flight <laughs> engineer, the captain, and uh, the first officer. Absolutely. So, you know, so, so I, I, it, you know, having Titanic members on Queen Mary, that's, that's definitely, I would not be surprised. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. That's that's kind of my feeling based on my own couple of encounters there and just hearing from other people. Uh, speaking of Miami, have you investigated uh, any historical places there? Are you a, are you a member of? I've, I think you're a member of a paranormal research group. Or are you or are you one of those that goes solo? I I, I go uh, solo for the most part. Um, Which is what I, I do is uh, I think that's you know, cool. I, I, Thank you. You know, but uh, what what I, what I like to do, which is where uh, where the writer comes into it as well, too, is that uh, you know me being a history buff and um, you know a sucker for conducting research, I I like helping out behind the scenes. It, yeah, it, 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 and, and that's so. important. That's that's something I think that's often overlooked. I think the the folks that do a lot of behind the scenes work, I clap my hands to them. So. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Because you know, um, you know cause I've, I've I've tried going out a couple times, and um, I, I'll, I'll admit, um, I'm I'm one of those ones where, even though I've had a few experiences, and I, I promise I'll definitely get into those as I go before. <laughs> all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I but I also look at things very, very level-headed and pragmatic in a lot of ways. So. Um, you know, I'll I'll go and I'll look at the uh, location ahead of time before anybody else arrives. Sometimes up to like a day or two, and you Very know, I, smart. I can, you know, just to get an idea for the layout, and then also, um, you know, I a majority of my books uh, that I have on the paranormal are you know both from Ed and Lorraine Warren and also uh, William Roll. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah. I have a couple from him as well. Hans Holzer too, mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, I mean, you have to, 
you have to look at things from a very methodical angle. I mean, you almost have to in this field. So, you know, and um, and for some reason, I, I think that's that's the one part where people sometimes overlook that. And so, I will agree. Yep. You know, you know, so so needless to say, this one particular group, um, it, it was I, I I seriously had to keep a straight face, and it was real hard to have a poker face. Oh my god. <laughs> And unfortunately, you know, it wasn't as dark as it normally could be, so everybody can kind of see each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're walking around. It was uh, this, you know, semi-abandoned facility, and all of a sudden there was this big loud bang, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, this is it! This is the sign! Here we go! Wait, there's two more bangs. This is it. There's the three knocks. It's the knock of the demon." I'm like, "No, oh, hold on, wait." Wait oh my god! It. I can't even. Like, no, no, it has to be. It has to be. That's, that's the old landlord that hung himself. How did he went to no man? No, wait, calm down. Just. <laughs> oh, you poor thing, William. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I mean, <laughs> so I'm hearing about all these different legends and folklore, and I'm just I'm sitting there and I'm counting and I'm waiting, and I'm like, there it is, boom, and I'm like, see, it's it's the railroad. There's there's a train station. About a quarter of a mile in the opposite direction, we're hearing the cars hit. <laughs> of course, and so when you mentioned that, were they were they like, "Oh, well, yeah," or did they still try to argue with you about it? Oh, they they were still trying to argue about it. See like, that? No, no, it's yeah, all, it, it's all of these accounts right here. All these eyewitnesses. I'm like, oh my uh-huh. gosh, I've been I've been in that same boat before. And it, you just have to just, oh man, I don't know. You just have to keep your composure. But I know how hard it is. Oh yeah, and, and you know what I mean. I, I, it, it was, I was just really, really trying to not to stumble or, or anything like that. And then I was like, you know what? You're right. Maybe, maybe it is something else. Maybe we'll find Rod Sterling standing around outside of the corner of the place and laughing at us as we walk out. But right, Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, it's just not everything is paranormal, folks. Not everything Precisely. is fair. I want to create a T-shirt out of that. Maybe there's one that already exists. Not everything is paranormal, folks! Exclamation mark. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, and what what are the things that I do, especially if I, you know, if I do go out with a group, and you know, it's kind of kind of again, you know, Mister Researcher here. Um, you know, what I do for starters is you'll see me actually write down. The day, the location, the time, the temperature, yes. and then if there's anything in the way of um, you know possible extra sensory items, um, you know, yes. power lines, rivers, yes. bodies of water, and then I usually take it one step beyond that point as well too, because you know considering the fiasco of the overexcitables, yes, I, I actually interview people more directly on one-on-one and if oh. i see something myself i don't even wait or even share with it until everybody else gets a consensus uh, of what they experience oh that's that's beautiful right there that's awesome you know i think the whole concept of a of a notepad and a pen or pencil i mean you a lot of people overlook that but that that's a tool right there i mean that that can take exactly. you a long way with research you think like i do yeah 
I don't know if uh, my team co-director Allie is listening, but if she is, she she would be nodding her head because that's that's exactly like how how her and I think. So that's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. You thank mentioned you. Uh, you mentioned some experiences, I guess, that you would like to discuss. Now we only have fifteen minutes in the show, but is there any like a, one or two really profound uh, experiences with the afterlife or with the spirit realm that you'd like to share? Actually, yeah, I I, I do. Um, and it, it's actually my very first uh, paranormal encounter. Oh, and some of those are the most profound, right Indeed. there. I know. You know and um, you know, and, and this has a two parter to it because it's a very Ooh. funny follow up. Nice, I love so, that. But uh, yeah, my. You know, for my throughout most of my younger years, I had a very very good friend of mine named Gary. And Gary was very, very outgoing, self-made man, uh, actually ran his own business uh, as a showman. He was a, a professional magician, illusionist, wow. clown, the whole shaman. Wow. So when I started, when I started branching into uh, doing some of my uh, Titanic lectures, you know, he was one that kind of took me under his wing and was, you know, started with the old, so, um, you know, where do you see, see yourself in the next five years? Where do you see about putting together your brand? You know, I mean, just kind of the whole step-by-step of opening up your own small business from the ground up. Right. And when he wasn't uh, being the, you know, the, the mentor and everything else, uh, you know, this was a guy that would throw a party at his house once a month just to have friends. And of course, oh. there was always a random thing. So, you know, depending on what it was, it, was, it would, would tie into whatever you're celebrating. So, you know, if it's summertime, then it would be the uh, come on, I want to lay a Hawaiian luau. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness, that he sounds like my type of guy. <laughs> oh yeah, how yeah. fun! It, it it was, you know, and uh, you know, then, then we, you know, it's, we got a closer and closer friend, you know, and you know, talked a little bit more and kind of put everything you know, up on the shelves. You know, that's when we found out that he also was bipolar, which is the oh. reason behind all the parties and things along those lines. Right, right. And so, um, you know, so finally at one point, um, you know, his uh, his business started to crumble. You know, things were starting to go into a recession and things like that. And uh, you know, he started talking about the afterlife and mm-hmm. the survival of the spirit and things to that effect. And, you know, I told him, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really one for that. I mean, I need to have cold, hard proof. You know, if you can have Elvis come to my front door, play at least three <laughs> songs, um, tell me where Amelia Earhart is, um, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll I'll be convinced. I mean, but I'm going to need something more solid than, hey, do you think there's life out there? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we just kind of left it at that. But uh, lo and behold, um, unfortunately, um you know, he he uh, lost his fight with depression, and he took his life. Oh my gosh! And uh, you know, we all came out and helped clear out his place, and you know, kind of shared our own reminiscence and things like that. And uh, one of the mutual friends uh, said that they were going to do a impromptu uh, reception, and you know, invited everybody to go. Well, unfortunately, um, I kind of uh, wrote the directions wrong. And so I ended up about a quarter of a mile 
west of where I was supposed to be. <laughs> but I made it to the reception, and you know, even though I was late and stuff like that, but I came back to my car, and to my surprise, there was a orange latex balloon tied to my antenna. And oh my gosh! One, it was the one balloon that he always used for any of his magic tricks. Oh my gosh! And that's when I was like, "Wait a minute! <laughs> Wait a minute! There you go! <laughs> There's the proof! There you and, go! Oh my gosh! You know, and and I still have it too. I actually, it's actually tied around the stack of business cards that he had given me. And oh, that's so, a perfect uh, place to have it. Thank what you. do you think he was, and for for him to 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 me, that's a gift from him to you. To me, that this these are the types of experiences, folks. This is what I'm talking about. There's such a connection between mortality and the afterlife, and it's these profound individual individually profound experiences that we have to pay attention to. Well, get ready because it gets funnier. There's, oh, there's I, a, I, I, I bet it does. <laughs> we, we fast forward to uh, 2012, and I was in the process of putting my uh, exhibition together for the 100th anniversary, and I was working with our city museum, so this was going to be a major event. And it was about, you know, Maybe two weeks from uh, the opening of it, I get a phone call from a friend of mine named Diana. And Diana is a, a fellow author, but she's also of uh, Cherokee blood and extremely religious. Oh, wow. I've always, you know, to a point where I, at times we call her Sister Diana because of you <laughs> know, more religious than I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she ended up calling me. It was almost midnight, and that, that was so out of character for her. And so I was like, "Is everything okay?" And she goes, "Listen, I've never told you this, but you know, I'm being Native American, I have the gift." And I'm right. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's cool. And she goes, "No, it's not." I'm like, "Okay, it's a curse." And she's like, "Well, no, not quite. Let me explain." I'm like. Yes, I'm a little confused. Please elaborate. Yes, I know. I would be too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so she goes, well, for starters, do you know anybody by the name of Thomas or Andrew? Oh, my God. Oh, I think. Oh, I have some goosebumps going on right here. I'm like, well, I I, I know a lot of people. Can you describe them? And she's like, well, you know, young man, auburn hair, um, not of this planet, uh, turn of the century clothing. Oh my gosh. I'm like, uh, okay, you have my attention. And she's like, well, hold on. And she kind of was talking almost at an angle, like she was actually having a conversation with somebody. And so I kind of, I kind of waited, and then she comes back and she's like, okay, um, I still don't know his full name, but Thomas or Andrew wanted me to tell you that uh, you actually had taken his photograph and turned it towards the model of the uh, ship that you built this afternoon and he thought that was pretty nice of you oh my oh i'm like wait a minute i was the only person in the archives room and you're talking about thomas andrews yes she's like like, well no you weren't the only person in the archives room that's why i'm calling you like okay who else was with me 
It's like, well, Tom was. Tom was, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. And he goes, well, here's where it gets weird. Um, A few other passengers, but that's not the point. I'm like, okay, so what's the point? He goes, there's this clown that's been bringing. Oh, my gosh. He's been. He woke me up for about three nights in a row and was like, we need to get this thing going, and you need to talk to him about the clown on the Titanic. And what the hell is he talking about with that, and why is he calling me and bringing these people to me to you? Oh, I keep saying, oh, my goodness, because that's literally all I can say. This is, oh, my gosh. I have, like, goosebumps all over me right now. No, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's why I was like, after that point, I was like, that's... Uh, Definitely some obvious evidence and proof right there. I know. Oh, I, you know what? Absolutely. And that's something that's not a tangible piece of data. This is a personal experience. And sometimes these personal experiences are more important than just a little piece of data. I mean, these, I mean, for, so for those that don't know who Thomas Andrews was, what was his affiliation with the Titanic? He was the uh, chief designer of the ship. There you and- go, folks. You know, who uh, actually went down with the ship as well, too. That's right. Yep. So, I mean, how does that make you feel to have him, I mean, through your friends, almost thank you for, for you know, almost keeping the, the memory of the ship alive? That must make you feel so wonderful. It does. And, uh, you know, understandably, the uh, the docents at the museum thought that, um, you know, the, the pressure of putting an exhibition together might have maybe to go a little bit wonky, but believe it or not, uh, during the entire duration of the uh, exhibition itself, every time that I was there, I I always acknowledged the photograph. There you go. And I'm sure there are many more Titanic crew members and passengers that have also thanked you many times because you are, you're helping to keep their memory alive. You're helping to keep the the uh, memory of the ship alive. I mean, oh my goodness, thank you for sharing this. This is what this show is all about, folks. To show that there's the communication from the from the beyond is so strong and there's that connection with mortality. Right? It's it's oh, yeah. just truly amazing. So we just yeah. have a few minutes left. Um, I wish the show was longer. I don't radio goes by so so fast. Do you have any upcoming events? I know with COVID-19, uh, things are most likely virtual now, but do you have any upcoming events or any future books that are in the works that you'd like to talk about briefly? Well, believe it or not, um, I, I don't have any uh, books at the moment, but I've been upgrading to writing uh, some uh, film scripts. Ah, oh, fantastic. So, uh, and I, I have... Uh, I have two short films that did get produced uh, both last year and uh, earlier uh, this year before the whole lockdown and everything else. Look at you, William. You're being busy over there. Thank you. I love it. Love it. I love to see people succeed. It just warms my heart. It really does. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, I I have a lot of... uh, you know, stokes in the uh, fire as we speak. So there's, there's going to be some goodies coming up down the road. Oh, I can't wait. Yay. So exciting. I don't know. I no, mean, you've but... probably presented too at, uh, you've probably done a lot of uh, presentations, but I mean, I would, I think you'd be great to present at like maybe the Oregon ghost conference or 
even on the West Coast, there's so many. If you'd be willing to come out here, I think that'd be great. I mean, you just have like so much to offer. It's like unbelievable. I, I would I would love to. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think I think uh, Rocky Smith of the Oregon Ghost Conference, as well as many other people that are involved there, Poor Gamble Ghost Conference. I'm sure they would love to to have you. That'd be great. Awesomeness. Uh, Any other uh, final? We just have a few minutes. Any other final thoughts that you have, in maybe in regards to, uh, I guess the the connection between the afterlife and immortality. What do you, with that connection, what do you think maybe is like, in your opinion, like the main reason for that connection? Cause it seems like it's growing. That connection is getting stronger. There's something going on in the cosmos, I guess. I'd like to get your opinion on that. Sure. Um, I, I think what it is, it's, um, it's, you no, know, that's just my opinion, obviously. And, uh, you know, you can always correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm, I wonder the belief it's because of the simple fact that uh, we become quite cynical as yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, and unfortunately, in a lot of ways, that's, that's severed a lot of connections, both uh, you know, spiritually, right. physically, and everything else to that effect. And so that's a good point. Yeah, a very good angle, definitely. Yeah, I so. can't thank you enough for for coming on tonight. I'd love to have you back on in the future. I know uh, Haunted Voices Radio get you back on there in the future. This was such an amazing, inspiring interview. So thank you so much, and I wish you the best of luck with all of your upcoming projects. Well, so, well thank you. You're yeah, I had great as all great time as always. And, oh, uh, great! Can't wait to get you back on. Back. Yeah, and have a great night. Uh, great rest of your week. Actually, it's the weekend already. So yeah, have a great weekend as well. You too, and uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, stay safe out there. I, I love you, you too. Know, the, yeah, um, with the COVID and stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> stay safe, stay healthy. We'll get you on soon in the near future. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. Next week, folks, uh, I'm going to bring Dale Katz Merrick of the Ghost Research Society on. So we'll be talking to him about. Uh, his work in the field. He's one of the renowned paranormal researchers out there. I want to thank my listeners tonight for tuning in to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond on the WLTKDB network, WLTKDB.com or the Let's Talk.com. I hope everyone has a safe and relaxing weekend. And I want to add this last thought here. Here at the Afterlife Chronicles, we are always bridging the gap between mortality and the afterlife, one experience at a time. See you next week, folks, and have a great night. Good night.